welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 423 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, a slightly croaky Edward Lamb and my good pal Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? I'm very good. Why are you croaky? Well, I got a bit of a cold and I don't know um, if it's a post-vaccine jab two thing or what. I felt a little bit drowsy over the last week or so. Um, but uh, maybe it could be a football hangover as well. Who knows? You uh, <laughs> It's been a big week, hasn't it, for uh, in England and well? Yeah. The um, Italians were doing well, final of Wimbledon and then the final of the uh, football. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, a bit of a shame for the footy. Obviously, we can talk. We're not We're not doing an episode fe- focusing on football-related stuff that we, we probably could because, obviously, um, yeah, England lost in the final, which is uh, disappointing, but um, it was a good tournament and generally, like, the, the players and Gareth Southgate are quite well thought of and you know it was uh but big disappointment and a, a, a few kind of negative things that have come in the in the fallout to the match as well so how yeah do you want to give a quick take on all that stuff sean i don't but i just think it's sad really that bit it's like if something goes wrong who are we going to blame yeah and one of the things that i love about the american people that i work with is the thing about we don't have problems we have learning opportunities <clears throat> yeah was a very British thing is who are we going to, whose fault is it? You know, who are we going to hang out to drive for this one rather than what can we learn from this so it doesn't happen again? Um, and that just seems a classic kind of British thing to me. You, you were saying that, that some other countries that I was unaware of can be as equally nasty to their ethnic football players as, uh, as we are. Um, just seems kind of sad, really. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know the other guys. Um, never seen him before. But Marcus Rashford, to me, he's he's a nice guy. He does a lot of good stuff. Does what he can, you know. Um, and I don't care what colour he is. He's a good soul, you know. He does 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 the good bits. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, we don't. It's it's interesting yeah, how that was well jumped upon immediately. And well, obviously there are a few bad eggs out there that have you know res- responded horrifically poorly. But generally, yeah, it was a good. Good tournament, good vibe in the and it's a young it's a young team as well. So and there is there is that kind of I know you're not a sporty guy and you don't always understand kind of the you don't get into the <laughs> rivalries around Liverpool, Everton and your family, but I mean sport does have the power, doesn't it, to bring people together and to kind of uh, create a bit of a, a good vibe. <clears throat> it's interesting though, it's tribal, isn't it? It's like it brings the tribe together, um, but also because it's tribal, it creates an opposition tribe. So, and, and that's the thing about me in competition that I just don't understand is the issue of um, why do we do it? Because so many people end up disappointed in the competition. It always just seems like bad odds. So it's, it's the nine people run a race, one person's happy, and eight people are like, oh, my God. Um, so why, why can't we just enjoy the run, you know, and not have a winner, you know? Yeah, well, I know. Obviously, England haven't won a tournament for fifty-five years or something like that, is it? So, which is a long time, but I mean, the odds of winning a major tournament are, t- are tiny, you know. And yeah, like twenty, I don't know, if it was twenty-four or thirty-two in this 
in this competition that started 24 probably uh yeah and only only one gets to win at the end but you know there's a lot of good stories along the way and uh but England came amazingly close to winning I mean literally I mean right on the edge wasn't it you know so I mean they did amazingly well Um, yeah I didn't feel too I I was gutted but I wasn't I wasn't like rolling on the floor in tears because I've never seen England play in a final in my whole life like a lot of people um uh but so that was cool and yeah you know next year's the world cup again so uh and it's a good young young squad with good strong characters in it so you know when i when i was a kid at school they used to bang on about this thing about it's not winning that counts it's playing the game it's taking part that counts and that was something that was kind of pushed at us a lot they used to get up my nose when i was a kid but i i kind of get it more now yeah you know I know. Crazy. It is. But we, we're not talking about that anymore. We're, we're talking about anxiety today and how you can tame it. So we'll come on to that in a minute. A quick shout out. Any new listeners, go to liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links and all previous episodes. And if you stick your email address in the box on the homepage, you'll get um, some free meditation files, which might come in handy after listening to this one in particular. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sean, we, we're talking about anxiety today. And I take it this is... A, related to a lot of things but we are uh, we are like gung-ho in the uk opening up on july the 19th which is probably a few days after this gets published yeah. um, and people are a bit anxious about that i assume is that why, why you've you've kind of wanted um, well I'm, the the inspiration for this really came i'm doing a global presentation um uh, as of tomorrow um, which goes out across the world with a panel of of people like me from different countries um, and it's about COVID mental health and getting back into work and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm doing the bit which is about anxiety and depression. And it seems very relevant to kind of bring that into what we're doing here. Three areas, really. What I'd like to do is to do one on anxiety, which we've got, and the results is a self-help guide. Um, and then one on anger and one on depression because they're three big areas that are coming up again and again and again you know and in the questions that i get asked uh, as a panel people are saying to me they involve one of those three all of them you know? yeah. so, uh, which very often is about how do i how do i stop wanting to rip the head off of the person next to me in work you know that kind of thing um the blog the blog post you've written um so the first line is that anxiety is a good thing. So do you want to explain that before we uh, talk yeah. about how horrendous it yeah. is? Yeah, so, so to me, it, it, it's like this. The world is up and down. It's not flat, yeah? Um, the up, if it gets too high, is anxiety. The low, if it gets too low, is depression. But that flow, that rhythm of life is normal. But anxiety is just a way of knowing whether things are safe or not. So we have to be anxious to survive. There has to be a level of anxiety. It just means that you take care. When you cross the road, you look left, you look right, and then you look left again, and then you cross the road. So, And it's that little bit of anxiety that means that just says, okay, check the road before you cross. And that keeps us safe. So anxiety in its normal form is a really helpful, useful thing. It's something that we should all be thankful for. Yeah. It only becomes a problem when it becomes a disorder, which is when it becomes ridiculous and, and it's, so it's a bit like um i get that someone could be afraid of flying i get that um but i've had people 
come to me in occupational health hmm. and in a state of anxiety, what, what's the matter? I've got a fear of flying. Okay. And you, you're going to get on a plane? Yes, we've got to get on a plane. We're going on holiday. When are you going? In four months' time. So the person's actually living the anxiety, <laughs> not of flying, actually of crashing the plane, hmm. um, four months before they get on the plane. Now, now, if they feed that for four months, by the time they get on that plane, they're going to be a complete wreck. Um, and it's, it's that thing about understanding who you are, how you work and how to deal with it so that you don't, don't just go crazy on it, which is what's happening. You know? And I think that the issue about us going back to work globally, which is happening, um, in Britain, we got this thing about the 19th. And then it sounds like can't really be sure what happens, but it sounds like all bets are off after that. Do what you want. Um, and if it is that, there's going to be a whole load of people I know they're going to spiral into anxiety mm. because the thing is, they may not be anxious about going back to work, but they might be anxious about traveling back to work because if people that they're traveling with don't need to wear masks, yeah, what they're saying it sounds like. Don't know the final, but it sounds like you can go on a train and not wear a mask, but you're supposed to put the mask on if it gets busy. Okay, so now can we define busy? Is that two people in the carriage or ten people in the carriage or two? Now, at what point does the button go? And okay, now we need to put the mask on, and that's an individual thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Um, I just well, it's a bit of a mess in it because uh, you know I've been on a I've been on our local trains a couple of times recently. Um, and all the signage is, you know, and the law is around wearing face covering or a mask. So you just wonder what the posters on the trains now and at the stations are going to have to say because obviously it's not it's not going to be a legal requirement for. So all the posters have got to come down. But do they dream up some posters that say something? You know, we we'd like you to wear one if you could, but it's just. Yeah, would, you, would you mind awfully? Would yeah. Please wear. One? Yeah. Uh, so. Ugh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, it's it, it allows. It's one of these things that allows the anxiety to run wild. Yeah, and 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 it, it's that thing about and the reason why I've done the self help guide to go in with this and there's some recordings attached to that as well, which I need to make sure that we've got copies of everywhere. But yeah. the um, we're in a situation where um, people's anxiety is just going to get worse. Yeah, and and uh, that means, from my point of view, that we're going to be um, in more and more difficult situations. But we don't have to be. That's that's the point. It's like, and, and the issue about what you feed grows, what you starve dies. We keep saying these things uh, becomes a reality now. But what it means is that each of us has to be aware, and this is the sensitivity bit that we're not very good at hearing at the moment is that we need to be sensitive to other people's needs. So if someone else else is really anxious because I haven't got a mask on, you know, do I say to them, don't be stupid, pull yourself together, or do I put a mask on? Mm. You know? And in the workplace with teams of people, that's going to be a reality. Yeah. yeah. Um. Are you anxious about your uh, your talk tomorrow? I mean, we just we'll come back onto COVID stuff, but people get anxious about all sorts of things, don't they, in life? And presenting to a panel of people or you know a global audience is one of those things that might set certain people off. But I take it you're pretty cool about it. 
Um, I've done the kind of thing I'm going to do tomorrow so many times, which is kind of normal. So, I mean, I've got that edge about awareness and we're using a Teams kind of system that I don't use very much. So, um, and I have to take control of it at some point and, you know, for slides and stuff like that. Um, so that's going to be interesting and fun. But it, it doesn't matter because even if I press the wrong button or something, someone's going to say, you just press the wrong button and that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. And, and and this is what I mean about these things are normal. So if I get a bit, ooh, about what I'm doing, that's okay. That's a normal emotional response to have. Um, uh, I'm not that bothered about doing it. Like I say, I've done it a lot of times. There were times when I did. The first time I got on the stage with the guitar and I sang, I was like, <laughs> and I was singing because I was so uptight, yeah? Um, but when you get used to it, you just go on the stage and sing. Um, yeah, so I mean, there is that bit in it, I think. But yeah, there will be a level of, of anxiety on it. One of the things that's weird about doing global stuff online is you don't know who's listening or who's watching because yeah. you can't see them. So that there could be a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand across the, I've got a proof what's going to be there. If I'm doing a WebEx thing, like a lecture WebEx in a lecture theatre, abroad somewhere i can see the audience they can see me we can interact yeah but you can't you can't do that with the big thing so there is that kind of not trying not to feel like you're talking to yourself that when you're looking down the camera you're looking at the people kind of things so yeah there's a couple of articles i'm going to link to uh, one of which is on medical news today and it says anxiety has been identified as one of the greatest symptoms of the COVID-19 pandemic, the National yeah. Alliance on Mental Health suggests that most people with anxiety will experience one or more of the following symptoms. So it's, yeah, a sense of apprehension or dread, feeling tense or jumpy, being restless or irritable and anticipating the worst and uh, watching for signs of danger. Um, so, yeah, and also it's worth noting, it does note that anxiety can also cause physical symptoms. So does, so yeah, it's kind of a bit of a vicious circle there, isn't it? Because, yeah, you kind of, you're getting anxious and then you're, you're making yourself ill through that anxiety and then whoosh, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and when, when you get into physical symptoms, you may be talking about short of breath kind of stuff. But one of the main symptoms that you get is the pooing and the peeing because the system becomes activated. Um, and if you watch animals before they get into, into full fights, they tend to empty their system. Um and we're no different. So that, um, you know, the need to go to the loo increases and you'll get lots of physical symptoms like that. People get hyper alert and because they're hyper alert, they get jumpy and then they drop things and you get, so th there's going to be a lot of that going on. The, the issue about um, really the message I'm picking up, I don't know whether you're getting this from government, is they want people to go back into work now. They want to stop the working from home. And that's all kinds of things, doesn't it? It feeds the local businesses around the offices. There's loads of reasons to do it. Um, but it's going to create a lot of anxiety in the people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like I say, I'm already seeing it, but <laughs> it's, it's also going to be the... Um, <laughs> it's going to be... One of the biggest tests, I think, of where we're up to. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be quite gradual, really. Because, I, I mean, the kids are about to break up for summer holes as well. So um, schools are going to be shut for six weeks, which will, I mean, just from around, from around my way, like the roads just come alive and pick up and drop off time because of school traffic. So I don't think things will feel that busy for a while. Uh, in suburbia, at least until the, the schools go back and then we'll get a better sense of, but then, you know, that's six weeks down the line and uh, the, the numbers will have changed one way or another by that point, won't they? And depending on how much they've gone up or, or not, then things yeah. might change in terms of guidance, might they? So, and I've got things like um, individuals who are part of a family and the family have arranged a holiday, which means that they've got to do the travelling bit and everything else. And the rest of the family are fine about it, and they're terrified. <laughs> so, and it's like, how how do you match those two things together about people's need to get away and go on holiday, and someone else's need um, to not? I suppose. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's it's, it's there's so many big issues to happen about that. So in in the um, both the the blog post and in the um, the guide that I've stuck up as a result. There's lots of ideas about how can you deal with your anxiety and realising what it is. Um, and there are lots of things there like breathing exercises, um, doing meditative exercises so you can learn to be in the moment and not let the past or the future get in the way. Yeah, so we can actually be where we are. Mm. So that poor lady who was going to fly in four months' time um, but is actually in the fear of flying right now is going to have a horrible four months and God knows what the flight's going to be like. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So when someone like that comes to you, then how are you, how are you going to, how do you make that four months um, like easier? Do you, is it kind of shutting things out for three and a half months of it and focusing on the last two weeks <laughs> or uh, what do you do? It's interesting that some people you can, work with sometimes hypnotically to desensitize the middle bit of their brain the amygdala which is kicking off and turn the volume down on it um i think that that to, to and this is the thing about anxiety is a good thing if you just blindly go and get on a plane and just blindly go on a flight anything could happen but you need to have an awareness so you need to be awake because that keeps you safe yeah so that little bit of that anxious edge is a good thing you know, you're going to get on a boat, yeah? Are there life rafts? You know, how do you get out of here if it starts sinking? You know, to know those things is yeah. positive, yeah? You go to a hotel. What's the, the procedure when there's a fire? So if you know that, then you go to bed. Do you know what I mean? That, those, that to me is normal anxiety. Um, the anxiety issue is when it becomes overblown. And if you look at some of the, um, the Shinto-type philosophies where you put stuff in a box... And then you you can't worry about it until you do it. So you can get the box out when you're about to get on the plane. You can panic as much as you want. That's okay. Yeah. But don't panic now. There's no point. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's that. But overall, it's the issue of doing the mindfulness stuff, which is in, in the self-help guide, um, so that you are in control of it and it stops being in control of you. That's the problem with all these things, whether we're talking about anger, whether we're talking about depression or anxiety, we're allowing the monkey in our head to come in and take over. Right. Yeah. And, and we, we have to understand that we have a choice. We don't have to do that. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's fascinating, man. I mean, we, we, we touch on anxiety pretty much every episode, don't we? But I mean, yeah, you kind of summarize anxiety as being simply the fear of the future. Um, which it's, it's, it's the fear of what's going to happen next, isn't it? Yeah. And the, yeah. the, the kind of the antidote is to live in the present, uh, which yeah. that's how you summarize things, which th- there's a reason why we called our website and our little business live in the present, right? Present. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that's so important because in the present, there's not a problem. You're sat there. I'm sat here. I've got a cup of coffee, you know, life's okay. Isn't it? Like the sun shining is warm, you know, but I could be sat here now terrified of something that is nowhere near me. Yeah. Um, you and I have like certain ways of dealing with our anxieties or, um, well, you, you meditate for a start and, and I kind yeah. of I ride a bike at every opportunity to kind of, or mainly for transport, but it's just a good, it's a good way of just focusing on the present. But from, and you, you do quite a lot of running as well. Now for many people, the idea of cycling itself on the roads fills them with dread and anxiety, <laughs> yeah. uh, which that, you know, I can sort of understand why there was a phase in my riding where I was, it was quite ang- like anxious for me in certain routes that I took that I don't take anymore just because it was too stressful in terms of traffic. And certain- yeah, but, but, that, but that's your anxiety teaching you something to keep you safe. So by, by learning from that anxiety as a positive thing, you don't take those routes anymore because you don't need to. So you're safer. Yeah. So that's good. Anxiety looked after you, didn't it? It did. Yeah. And I guess with running as well, maybe it's more of a female thing. I don't want to pigeonhole it too much, but, you know, running for a a lady on her own is different for a fella on their own. Some people don't run or down certain paths because they don't feel safe for the same reason, I guess, or safe from other people. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. And I'm, I'm also very aware, because I go out running early when I go, it's usually like half five, something like that, when I go out for a run. Uh, and there are quite a few women who go out running really early like that. And I, and I was, was wondering that the other day, as I as I'd seen my sort of fifth woman coming the other way, and we always nod and go, hi, um, is whether they were coming out early because there's no one around. Yeah, you know, is, is it safer to come out if you're a woman to come out running at half five in the morning than say half eight at night? Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that people have their own mindsets about that, but it's doing, it's working with it so that you allow the potential anxiety to be the positive thing that keeps you safe, like you and your and your roots. Um, it, it's the same thing. Um, if you if you have that anxious intuitive feeling that's saying shouldn't do that and then you carry on doing it or it just builds up inside your system and gets worse and worse and worse and worse whereas if you attend to it in the beginning and you use anxiety positively as it is there to show you oh don't do that they're saying don't go too near the edge of the cliff you might fall off yeah yeah that makes sense yeah um and I can remember as a kid being told, don't go too there, there whatever. I'm thinking, I know what you're going on about. But but it, it, that's anxiety positively in action, keeping you safe. It's fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go too near the edge of the platform when the train comes flying through. You know, not a good place to be. Stand back behind the yellow line. That's why the yellow line. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's actually that, yeah. that's an, an, an analogy used quite a lot in the kind of cycling world. And it's kind of like, yeah, what it, if you want to experience what it's like to be passed closely by a, you know, a bus or a, a large car at speed, just go to, go to a train station and wait for one of the trains to pass through 80 miles an hour and stand as close as you can. <laughs> can yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It ain't much fun. No, no. They um, talking about that. Do you, you remember the new play, uh, trains that they had uh, in your place? You know, they oh. had them on the display, so you could go and sit in them and look. Yeah, at the them. new Mersey travel trains. Yeah, yeah. They, they 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 started coming through the stations now. They're actually running the trains to test them. Cool. I saw some yeah. press releases about that. Yeah, I'm keen to yeah. uh, have a look at one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've started using the train when I can to do things like go to Liverpool and stuff like that. Um, cool. Rather than using the car and the tunnel and the park and all that, just got on the train. Yeah, well, uh, well, that's another thing. I mean, post-lockdown, I mean, for locally, Liverpool will have changed a lot. I think certainly the road network in terms of when you go out, I think the Strand and Lime Street basically... Not off limits in a car, but they've made it much trickier to kind of yeah get into yeah. town, and it's going to get yeah. worse. well. It's better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hop on <laughs> hop on one of those shiny new trains. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's another reason to be anxious, really, because we've we've all been shutting our homes and our local neighbourhoods so much, for better or worse. That yeah, that when we do emerge, that things will have changed, won't they? <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I, 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 I am working with people who are genuinely anxious about doing things like going to a pub again, yeah. Um, and they've been to a pub a million times in life, but yeah. suddenly it becomes this anxious issue. Yeah. You know, how am I going to go and order a drink? You know, it's dead simple. Someone comes to you, or you go to them. You know, but it's like <clears throat> the anticipation of that. Oh my God, could it go wrong? Uh, yeah. No. And then off we go. We're into it. And it's like we have to just learn to come back from it uh, so so if any of you listening to this do feel that you have anxiety as an underlying issue please just go and download the guide the self-help guide from the site and uh, yeah. and actually deal with it yeah. um yeah so is that your result sorry someone would start with a chainsaw in the in the woods yeah, yeah, i'll sorry. just shut my door but you talk about your resource quickly sean then yeah 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 so well, the, the results is part of, of things that I've developed for different services around the world when I've been doing things. So I've just adapted it for, uh, for COVID um, and covering the COVID issues around the anxiety, but the issue about how do I deal with, how do I tame my anxiety? Like I said, we don't want to get rid of it. We, don't, we want to see anxiety as a positive, useful thing, something that's going to help us. We don't want to dump it. Um, but we we need to be in control of it, not let it control us. That's the trick. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. Cool. I found it a cool NHS resource that I'll put in mind about uh, ten tips um, to kind of what is it? Hang on. Ten tips to help if you're worried about COVID nineteen. So it's an NHS.uk link, but it's got some really cool, uh, easy to understand tips on how you can uh, yeah how you can overcome any anxiety. Or any anxious feelings you kind of you've got bubbling away, um, yeah. all quite straightforward and uh, yeah, but nicely presented. So I'll, I'll link to that in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. You happy? I'm good. So how about next time we have a look at anger? Yeah, let's uh, let's get stuck into some anger because that's the other thing that's coming out. People are getting anxious 
And because they can't just go, oh, I feel really anxious, it comes out as anger. And that's the next issue that I'm having to deal with in the workplace is people getting really with each other, you know. Um, Tough stuff, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, I've actually, in in my circle or wider circle of friends, I've heard recently that two two couples that are, that I know kind of, yeah, not, not close, close friends, but yeah, you know, I've, I've separated um, or divorced or on the verge of divorce like in the last year since I've seen them. So uh, uh, yeah, some serious stuff going out, on out there in the world, isn't there? And, and I think that um, the issues about the effects of COVID, um, whether it is divorces, bankruptcies, um, all kinds of things like violence and stuff like that, we're not going to realise until later when we look back. Yeah. But the divorce rate or the split-up rate, because a lot of people aren't married these days, but uh, that splitting rate is getting quite high. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll touch on all that stuff next week. Um, but, yeah, okay. until then, you take it easy, John. I will do. You keep smiling. You too. See you later. Yeah, bye. bye.